Hey everybody, it's Jack from MD400 Sports Cards, and I'm back again with Max at Lucky Dot Rips. Max, how you doing, man? Hey Jack, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Doing pretty good. I was uh what is it? So today's Thursday, and I'm still trying to get over that wild 49ers uh Cowboys game from the weekend. Still trying to process that. And it's just one of those things where it's like what can the 49ers do wrong right now? Because you just had this impending feeling of doom that like something was going to go wrong. And I think the game just ended perfectly. Like there's just so many question marks and like, why aren't the Cowboys better? Why aren't the 49ers better with all the talent around it? I think that game just kind of ended perfectly. I don't know if you had a chance to kind of watch that game or some of the other playoff games going on from the past weekend. Yeah, uh, actually, the casino in downtown Baltimore just opened up sports betting. So me and a buddy went and placed bets on all the games. So I was, I was watching on the edge of my seat and when I'm betting games, man, I like, like I bet on the bucks. That's my type of game where they're up 21, nothing in the first half. And I don't even need a sweat about it. But that game that you're talking about Cowboys, San Fran, I had San Francisco and Oh man, I, there, there was three times where I said, okay, San Fran's got the game in the bag. And then I had to go back in my word and be like, uh-oh, they could blow it right here. <laughs> I was sweating bullets, man. Uh, but typical Cowboys fashion at the end, they do a boneheaded play, run the clock out, and San Fran gets the victory. I love it. Uh, that's what the playoffs are about, right? Yeah, that's, and that's funny, man. I didn't even know Baltimore kind of opened that up. So I don't, shoot me a text next time. I'll definitely be down to it. I'd love to do a little gambling on the games. Yeah, it's pretty new, like within the last couple months. So we'll definitely check it out together. For sure. So, Max, I know the last time we talked, we were talking about sports cards we would buy in the AFC. And because we got playoffs going on and stuff, it, it's going to be – a little different like some moves have already been made about you know what kind of cards you would want to buy for the short term but i wanted to run through that kind of quickly this week since we already did the afc so when i was looking at cards to buy and i'm kind of looking more long term but nfc was a little trickier to me than the afc um i I would say looking at the divisions obviously like Long-term, super long-term, like, obviously you want Brady. Um, I mean, that's just that's just the, the person to own out of all these divisions. But if you look at the other divisions, for all the players that you could own, I'm kind of leaning towards I like the NFC West the best. Uh, I just know from owning a ton of Kyler Murray cards, what happens every probably the past, I'd say, two years has been – uh, his cards, they, they go down during the season. There's a run-up to the draft. They drop again after the draft. And then the first week, he always has an awesome game, and then they shoot up. Like, for instance, I think I sold one of his rated rookies for – it was under 100 bucks the week before week one. And then after week one, is that same card was going for $200. So I've just seen that, like, play out time in and time again. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with just holding some Kyler Murray stuff, like, long-term right now because I think uh, heading into the draft, that'll climb. And if he has an awesome week one like he normally does, then his prices will climb again. Uh, I think the 49ers are really interesting with – Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Uh, people just don't like Jimmy G and his cards don't get any respect, but 
if he loses uh, and, and they move on from him, I think Trey Lance's prices are just going to they're, they're going to go through the roof. Like there's that certainty that he is going to be the starting quarterback. And I think that suppressed his prices a little bit. People are just waiting for that confirmation and Seahawks, Russell Wilson, uh, whether he plays for the Seahawks again next year, or he's looking for a new team, that speculation will drive his prices up and Rams. I don't see Matthew Stafford prices. I mean, they really, they, they moved this year just because of how well the team's doing. I don't necessarily see them climbing super high, but he has a pretty safe floor now with how well the uh, the Rams are doing. And if they, you know, they win a Super Bowl, that that's his prices are just going to go up for a little bit there. Um, but if I was looking for individual players outside of somebody like Brady for the super long term. I think people are going to make the most money with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Uh, I was buying Rodgers cards last year, and everybody's thinking he was going to Denver or he was going to go somewhere else. And I'd buy something on a Sunday for like, you know, like five bucks. And it'd be a weird listing, like maybe something in the title was like off or like it ended at a weird time. But like, you know, I buy something for five bucks total shipping and handling and be able to sell it for 15, 20, $25 like the next week, uh, just because there's so much speculation about what he was going to do. And as soon as that ended, people were not interested in buying his cards anymore. As soon as like, okay, he's a green Bay Packer for the next year, at least it, there wasn't much buying uh, that at least that I saw. And, and just having Jordan Love at the backup, again, it's just the same kind of thing with Jimmy G and Trey Lance right now. As soon as Aaron Rodgers does something else, Jordan Love's prices are just going to blow up. I actually traded – you weren't with me with this, but I went to that uh, one of the Westminster shows, and I traded this guy a Lamar Jackson-rated rookie and threw $60 cash in for this Jordan Love uh, two out of nine – legacy uh on card auto holy cow so yeah i saw an out of 30 being listed for like 700 so i think i have mine listed for like 1500 right now and honestly like if somebody gave me like 700 bucks like i would take it but that just seemed too good to pass up like there's only nine of them he pulled it and he's going to submit it to psa like he didn't it had one of those stickers on it like from panini that showed like it wasn't opened yet or anything and I was like, man, for under 300, like in total, like just give my Lamar Jackson card and $60 cash. Like, this is just nuts. Like, I, you know, I, I 100% need to do this trade. It's probably the best trade of my life. So I, I think as soon as he gets named a starting quarterback, like I, I think somebody would pay a thousand bucks for that card pretty easily. So that, so I think the best division overall is the NFC West. But if I'm looking individual players that are going to see a boom, as long as Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere else, or at least there's still that speculation that he's going somewhere else, I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love cards that are going to appreciate the most over the, the next couple of weeks and over the summer. Yeah, the thought of Aaron Rodgers just being traded to another team that potentially has all the pieces minus a quarterback, it can't get any more exciting than that. And we all know excitement is what drives these prices through the roof. So it's hard to argue with you on that. You touched on the NFC West, man. That that division is freaking loaded. Um, I am hearing rumors of Russell Wilson leaving the Seahawks. Uh, it's, I don't know. 
I haven't been following it super close, but right now it kind of seems like it's up in the air on what team he can be traded to. Uh, obviously, he gets traded to any team. They're automatically a contender. The guy, the guy is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I'd be, I was kind of surprised to hear that they wanted to trade him. Uh, he, he kind of, kind of seems to me like he would be a franchise lifer for his whole career. A guy like that, but maybe there's some differences with the organization that the public doesn't really know about. You know, we don't get to hear everything. That kind of, that's kind of my hunch on that. There's some disagreements there. Um, you touched on the Rams, man. I, I do think they can make a Super Bowl run this year. They they play the Bucks this week. It's hard to bet against Tom Brady, but, man, I saw two of his offensive linemen go down with injuries against the Eagles, and they're going to have a tough time blocking Aaron Donald and company. Um, I do like them to beat the Buccaneers, even if they are on the road in Tampa. So that's pretty interesting see what they can do this year. Matthew Stafford's prices has – they have had a nice steady rise, but they haven't exactly gone parabolic. It will take – a really nice game out of him statistically wise. I could see it happening against the Bucks. Uh, the narrative is there for Brady, the GOAT versus Matt Stafford. If he can outduel him statistically, uh, I can see his card prices going parabolic. So that's interesting to me. Seems like high risk, uh, maybe not even high risk, low, low risk, high reward. Uh, if they end up losing that game, you know, you sell sell it for a small loss. But if they end up winning and he outperforms Tom Brady, uh, the sky's the limit on that, if you ask me. The Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, a little bit disappointing at the end of this season. Uh, but he is a special talent. And you gotta you gotta remember that they were they were the number one pick overall in the draft when they took Kyler. And that's because they're a terrible team. They didn't have good personnel. Um, they did go out and get DeAndre Hopkins. They did go out and get James Conner. If you think he's an elite running back, I think he just good enough to get the job done. Uh, they're still a couple pieces away from being a really good team. And to be honest, it almost seems like they're overachieving at 11 and six this season. So give Kyler Murray a break. If you uh, believe in him, go buy his card. It, in my mind, it will appreciate from here. It's a pretty good opportunity, I think. The 49ers, they're still in the they're still in the playoffs as well. That's that's quite the interesting scenario. You got Jimmy G led this team to the playoffs, led this team to a playoff win in the divisional round, upset over the Cowboys. Um but at the same time, they drafted Trey Lance last year. We all know Trey Lance is the future of that franchise. If Jimmy G can somehow win the Super Bowl this year and prove that he contributed, like he wasn't carried by the run game and carried by the defense, maybe they trade Trey Lance and stick with Jimmy G. But if you ask me, the odds of that happening is very low. Um, I like Trey Lance to be the starter of that team either next year or midway through next year. The NFC North, like we talked about with with Mr. Aaron Rodgers and Mr. Jordan Love. Jordan Love, in my opinion, 
is a little undervalued right now. The Packers invested a high, or I'm sorry, a, a early round pick, early round pick on Jordan Love. That means they believe in him long term. That means that they are almost ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers, kind of like how they did with Brett Favre when Aaron Rodgers was drafted. Uh, the writing's on the wall with that. I'd love to see Aaron Rodgers on a team that appreciates him a little bit more than the Packers do. I do feel for him a little bit. At the same time, he could win the Super Bowl this year, and then who knows what happens. Maybe he stays with the team and they trade Jordan Love. Either way, I am buying Jordan Love cards. The Vikings are interesting. I think they want, I think they're ready to move on from Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins had a disappointing year. He's got all these weapons, and you would think he would put up better numbers, but unfortunately, that didn't happen this year for the Vikings. Uh, they drafted Kellen Mond in like third or fourth round. I'm not sure. Maybe you know Jack, but they did. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit later. Okay, so maybe in the later rounds, but so maybe they they threw a flyer on on Mond. I don't know how they feel about him. Either way, they can definitely make a move for a quarterback if they are ready to move on from Cousins. Which, from my perspective, it sure seems like that. Staying in the same division, you got the Bears. Justin Fields was drafted super early by the Bears, so they're heavily invested. They had Andy Dalton start the beginning of the season. I believe he went down with the injury. Justin Fields stepped in, and I believe kept the job for a game or two before Andy Dalton was back inserted into the lineup. Seems to me like Justin Fields isn't one of those guys who's ready now, may need some more player development with a good coaching staff. I believe they hired Coach Nagy. Is that true? The Bears did? Do you know that I'm I'm like sixty percent sure they 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 fired their coach. I could be wrong though. Anyways, either way, I think they're still invested in Justin Fields. Justin Fields had a disappointing season. To me, that's a good opportunity to invest in him. And some of these players just need a year or two to develop. They're not they're not as advanced as a Justin Herbert or a Joe Burrow. But that's okay. They just need a little more time, and there's nothing wrong with that, and it just creates a buying opportunity for guys like us. Uh, the Lions in that division as well, I don't know what the heck's going on there. Your guess is as good as mine. Maybe they draft a quarterback next year. I don't know. Maybe they stick with Jared Goff another year. I don't know. It's a mess. I'm staying away. But what I'm really excited about is this NFC South. You got the Buccaneers with Tom Brady, who we all know is one of the hottest players in the NFL and will always be the GOAT until somebody can surpass his what's he got? Seven rings? Eight rings? Seven, I think. He's got seven rings. Till someone can surpass that, he'll always be the GOAT. So always on the hunt for Brady cards. The Saints, I'm super interested in because I know it's a good friend. Another well coach. I know they have Alvin Kamara. I think they like Jameis Winston. I think they want him to be their starter for next year. It doesn't seem like the Taysom Hill experiment has uh, has worked out. They gave it a shot. They 
it looks they gave it multiple shots and it hasn't worked out. So I think they're ready to move on from that. They want I think they like what they see in Winston. He did have an injury this year, but before that he was doing decent, a little bit inconsistent, but at the same time you can expect you can expect struggles with a brand new team early on and it seemed like from week to week he was improving with the chemistry. And to be honest, if he had if he'd have had Michael Thomas, his numbers would be a lot better than they were. So you gotta get you gotta cut him that break right there. I think they stick with him next year. I think that's an interesting investment. He's still young. I think he's twenty six years old. And as long as they can be a Super Bowl contender and the quarterback is putting up good numbers, like I think he will, with a wide receiver like Michael Thomas and a running back like Alvin Kamara, who can also catch the ball. Jameis Winston always remains an interesting investment for me. You also got the Falcons in that division. I think they're ready. They're ready to rebuild. Matt Ryan had a pretty decent year statistically wise, but it's time to rebuild. It's time to get a young quarterback in that they can develop and build around. Um, a team I'm going to keep my eye on. And also in that division, you have the Panthers, which is interesting because there's somebody who traded for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold had a lot of hype going into the season. He showed up a couple good statistical games early on, but also a couple really bad ones later on. They ended up picking up Cam Newton. Cam Newton started for the team later on in the season, and it just seems like a mess in Carolina, but another team that I'll be keeping my eye on, see what kind of direction they're trying to move in. Um, seems like a lot of change, change of the guard going on in the NFC, which to me spells a lot of opportunity, a lot of investment opportunities for, for guys to really grow over the next couple of years. And, uh, if you if you have a young quarterback that you like, jump on him. Buy some of his nicer autos. You mentioned you bought a Jordan Love on card auto that was short printed to a short to a low print number. Those are the cards you want of guys because they have a they have a great chance of appreciating a value once they have their time time to shine as a starter. And uh, I think there's a ton of opportunity as we look at this NFC conference. Yeah, you know, I, I, outside of Brady, I didn't really think about the NFC South that much, but I think that is a great buy low, be able to sell moderately high to somewhat very high. I mean, just with the Falcons, like what you said, like, I mean, they got a lot of young talent. Kyle Pitts is a beast. Uh, Saints have a lot of interesting things going on. And and that's what happens with speculation. Like, is Jameis going to start? Is he not? What's his career going to look like? So that can help send his prices up. And there's some decent players on the Panthers, too. So, yeah, that is kind of a sneaky division. Like, if I was just going to buy low and look for – potentially moderate to, to higher gains, that, that's a good place to, to start and look. And something you brought up that was interesting about Russell Wilson and just not knowing behind the scenes kind of thing. And, I, yeah, I don't know if that's a Pete Carroll thing. Like, he just ends up rubbing his players the wrong way or, like, you know, what exactly happens there. But if you think about 
Marshawn Lynch and that decision to throw the ball on the goal line in that Super Bowl, everything that I heard was that he didn't want Lynch to be the hero of that game. So they just didn't run it in. And when you got a Ken ball as your running back, the dude was just an absolute beast. Why not let him run that in and win the game for you? And like now he's having stuff with Russell and, and you have those campaigns of less let uh, Russ cook because he wasn't letting him throw it a lot. So, yeah, that's really interesting and always something to consider, you know, not to I've been buying a lot of Mitchell Trubisky cards and not to shill those on what we're talking about now. But I was just looking at uh, Nagy as his coach. And you're right. He was fired, I think, on January 10th. So I, okay. I that a little bit. But so if we think about Mitchell Trubisky, I think when he went, he went to the Pro Bowl his sophomore campaign and the team was 12 and four. And then the next year. He had a torn labrum. I don't know how far, and I would suggest anybody. Yeah, I didn't really know like what that looks like or what that was like exactly. Like I've obviously heard the term before, but I just Googled and you could see where that would affect his throwing motion. It would affect his accuracy. I think one of the the issues it said that's really big with a torn labrum is your stability of your arm. So he's got to worry about his arm strength and where he's placing the ball and all that kind of stuff. So he played through that. That's obviously going to affect him. And he was supposed to meet Nagy at the end of the season. And this, this is from like reports that I forget. I think the athletic wrote it, or there's somebody who had a really good report come out, but he was supposed to meet Nagy at the end of the year and Nagy just didn't show up. Like they're supposed to have like an end of the year kind of meeting about, you know, the, the future and what they wanted to do. And he just didn't show up. And then the next Damn. year he apparently called him out during like a, a film session and said in front of the whole team that Trubisky's uncoachable and all this stuff. And it's just like, man, it's like, you know, this guy's playing with injuries, like his coach doesn't want him there. And and we like to think of these guys as superstars and they have to deal with the, the media scrutiny and, and everything else. And, you know, they get paid a pretty penny to do it. But at the end of the day, they're also just like people like you and me. Like if we go into our mm-hmm. job and our boss criticizes us in front of everybody and just tells us we're doing a terrible job, how do you think that would affect their performance? Like, we, you know, we wouldn't want to be there. We wouldn't be doing that well either. So. I think there's all this kind of behind the scene kind of drama that affects players. And, and that to me, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit of the situation with Sam Darnold in regards of, well, we don't know how good he really is because the jets were terrible. The offensive line couldn't protect them. Uh, some, some issues with Darnold was that he was hurt too. Uh, and he had a, a coaching carousel out there. But if you think about what, what Trubisky did in a short amount of time in his second year, he went 12 and four, he went to the pro bowl. And actually I think his third year, even when he was hurt, he got brought in at near the end of the season and got them into the playoffs. So this is a guy out of, I, I believe it would be four seasons. He had at least somewhat starting with the bears. He went to the playoffs twice. So th- that kind of, he, I don't want to say he has a great pedigree already, but he's shown why the Bears put such high stock in him. And, and that gives a little more credence to me than some of the Sam Darnold stuff. Like Sam Darnold was just kind of a wild card at that point because he just didn't know how much was him and how much was the Jets. But with even with all that stuff going on, like Trubisky has shown he can win games. And again, I didn't want to turn this into a Trubisky rant, but it's just kind of what you were saying with Russell Wilson. It is interesting to consider with some of these guys the behind the scenes things and how a change of scenery will do them really well.
Yeah, and after after Trubisky and the Bears have moved on, we've had two quarterbacks as a sample size on the Bears. You have Andy Dalton, and you have um, oh my God, you have the rookie. Who's the rookie? Uh, Fields. You have Fe- Justin Fields. Thank you. Yeah, Justin Fields. You have Andy, Andy Dalton. So now you have a larger sample size of competent, perceivably competent, competent quarterbacks that have worked with Nagy and he has been unable to put together an efficient offense. So that's, to me, that's very telling. And actually, after you talked about Trubisky and I think it was the first podcast, I did go look up a bunch of his cards because you got me a little excited to go buy them. So, I mean, it is a little bit of speculation, but if you can read between the lines, I think it's very telling what's really going on. Like you said, they're humans like you and I, and the media will spin things to get clicks. So if you can see between that, see what's kind of really going on, place your bets, and use that to your advantage. For sure, yeah. Okay, Max. So, yeah, I know something else we want to talk about is grading because we've been talking about some of the players we're buying. Uh, I recently did an SGC submission, and for myself, I've just been doing them myself, and I've been uh, PSA when that was affordable. I I would did those, and you know, for this one, I sent in eleven cards. I had, and this was the best probably grading I've ever had uh, as a total. I had six come back as tens, and five come back as nine point fives. When I've done them in the past, I've had. You know, some nines come in. I've had some 8.5s once or twice. So I really scrutinized everything I sent in a little bit more. And I think that paid off. And honestly, like, I'm kind of a growing fan of how SGC stuff is looking. I actually ran a poll on my uh, Instagram story and just asked people, are you collecting SGC stuff in your PCs now? And every single – I didn't have a ton of responses, but, like, every single person who responded said yes. So wow. some of these cards I got back, and actually you saw one of them at, I think it was the Northeast card show. It was a Tom Brady card where it's the Madden video game. Yeah, I remember. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think I might have, like, single-handedly raised the prices on all those because I was buying those for, like, a buck, two bucks, three bucks. Now some of the cheapest mm-hmm. ones I'm seeing are, like, six, seven bucks. But I was buying those for dirt cheap, and I probably have about ten of them. I, I yeah. really scrutinized all of them and just well, I only ended up sending one because it was the only one I thought that was a pure play at getting a 10 and it did. Um, but again, so I paid like three bucks for that. I paid 30 for the uh, grading. Uh, I have it written down somewhere, but I kept track of the exact shipping cost to and from to include that with it and everything. But I, I'm pretty sure it was under 40 bucks and this is the second time I've been able to sell it for um, about a hundred dollars. So those kind of, you know, opportunities, I know a lot of people say, well, SGC stuff just doesn't flip well, or, you know, this or that, but some of this stuff looks really good in those cases. And yeah, I mean, so, and, and another thing I did there too, was I just looked at the, the market a little bit and just kind of saw sales uh, for SGC stuff. If there was stuff comparable to just kind of get a better idea of whether it's worth submitting or not. 
Um, and so, so that kind of gave me a better idea. I used to just kind of submit whatever and, and just would, you know, do the luck of the draw. But again, really spent some time like seeing what other SGC uh, graded cards. So the same card would do uh, just looking them over a little bit more with a fine tooth comb. And honestly, I don't know if, if it was just, I did a better job looking over these, but I've noticed with SGC, if you send in smaller orders, and I normally have just sent in like three or four cards at a time, they all seem to get lower grades. So I had these three Justin Herbert rookies that I sent in uh, last summer, and it was just three. So I just sent in three of them, three of the exact same card, bought from the same guy um, in, in closed packs and those team packs. And one of them got a 10, one of them got a 9.5, and one of them got a 9. And that just seemed too weird to me. I'm like, you know, what, what, what's going on with this? So I don't want to get into any speculation about, you know, why they, why something like that would be. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert grader, so I don't know what yeah. the rationale behind that would be. But I've just noticed every single time I've sent in five or fewer cards, I always seem to get maybe an 8 pops in there, a 9. Uh, a nine five but with this order six out of 11 were a 10 and the rest were 9.5 so i don't know that seemed kind of interesting to me yeah sounds like a good gem rate to me uh grading's obviously tough these guys who grade our cards they've got greater magnification when they're looking at them they've got better technology that they're using on their computers to get a better look at the surface, at the corners and everything. So as a collector, for me, what I care about when I look at the card is are, are any of the corners smashed? Are they still sharp? Uh, do they have any whitening? Uh, I'm also looking at the surface, if there's any indentation. So these guys are looking at the same thing. But where, what I'm trying to get at is when we're buying a card in a slab, don't just take the grader's word for it. Look at it when you're buying it and almost like you're double checking the grader as a collector. What do you care about? You care that the surface is nice and clean. You care that the corners are nice and sharp. So look at that stuff because some of these graders, who knows? I mean... They're human just like we are. They could have a bad day. They could get their paperwork mixed up. We don't know. Um, what, what, what we do know is they're getting thousands of submissions every day. And they could be overworked for what we know. So, you know, all you can do is do your best looking these cards over. But personally, I, I really like the SGC slabs. And I really respect their graders. I think they take their job seriously, their reputation seriously. I think they really want to compete with PSA's business. And they've proven that in the past. There hasn't been any any scandals that I know of them uh, misauthenticating anything. Uh, to me, they've done a really good job with the recent demand rising. So I'm actually myself preparing a submission to SGC for those reasons, I've done my research on the different grading companies. And for me personally, SGC is the one for me for uh, a lot of my cards. So I find it interesting that you mentioned if you submit a small lot of cards, it tends to come back worse grades, which is interesting because it's kind of like um, 
what is the psychology of these graders when they when they when they get a lot of cards? I don't know. Uh, I'm not a grader myself, so who knows? But I do know somebody who works for SGC, so it would be interesting to interview them on here. Who knows? Maybe the next podcast. But anyway, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I think it would be. But anyways, I'm getting my submission together, and uh, I, if you have any questions for an SGC grader, I think we should try to get them on here and ask ask away maybe how they do their process and uh what we can do to better look over our cards to get a better grade and obviously you're doing something right because you you went six for 11 on tens and the rest were nine fives yeah yeah i mean i i was there was one there's one in particular that i was really worried about is this tom brady and it, it it's an let me see i have the sheet here um it's a Tom Brady. It's a 2021, and it's a snapshot. I think it's a Panini Direct or Panini Instant or, or whatever that kind of brand is, like as soon as something happens. But it's him uh, with confetti coming down. He has his Super Bowl shirt on, uh, and there's this little text box that says Tom Brady has won his seventh ring, and it's a hollow. And there's a hundred. There, there's a base version of this, but there's a hundred of them printed of the one I bought, and I paid about fifty bucks for that. And there's this little dimple on it, and I was like, oh man, this might be a nine. It might be a little lower, but I decided to submit that because I was just worried about what would happen if I listed this on eBay, and even if I put C description in the title and had a ton of pictures of it. And even though I don't accept returns, there's always that chance like somebody's going to throw up a fuss and try to get the card for free or, or you know, do whatever that they do. Mm-hmm. But so I decided to submit it just to just to have that grade, even if it came back like an eight. It's like, OK, well, I have a Tom Brady card out of 100. At least there's this grade on it. So people will know what they're getting. But uh, I was super happy just to see a nine point five with it. Obviously, a ten that that would have been awesome. But super happy still to get a nine point five. And, and Max, what I might do real quick here is just kind of go over the cards I submitted and why. And maybe you could do that too. Is just go over real quick uh, what kind of cards you're submitting and, and why you're submitting them. Yeah, sounds great. Okay, uh, go for it. Yeah, so. I got okay. So three of the cards I submitted. There's these uh, Pat Freemuth, the tight end on the Steelers, and they're all gold-rated uh, rookies. And I the past couple shows, like maybe a lot of people have heard me talk about rated rookies. That's kind of my my uh, not happy place, but that's kind of like my zone where I've been able to like find things and flip them. So that's that's kind of like what I focus on. Uh, it, it's just worked out for me, but he has these gold rated rookies and they look absolutely awesome in uh, SGC, <clears throat> excuse me, absolutely awesome in SGC slabs. And I looked at one of them and a 9.5 sold for $70 in October. And I was just thinking, you know, it, these cards cost me like three or four bucks a piece. And after the, the shipping and the grading costs and everything, I could probably have these for about like I'm all in on thirty five dollars. So even if it just comes back as a nine point five or a nine, uh, if it's a nine, I'm pretty close to probably making my money back uh, and, and anything else like it, it's profit above that. And two of them came back as a ten. And I picked him specifically because Steeler cards I found sell pretty well. And that's a, uh, a position at tight end that 
people are looking for. Who's the next Gronk? Who's the next Travis Kelsey? These guys are getting a little bit older. So I think this, this next group of, of young guys, like people are looking for, Pat Freemuth is going to be one of them. I think he had seven touchdowns this year. Not a ton of receiving yards, but he's a big dude, 6'5", I think 250. Whoever replaces Roethlisberger next year, uh, Freemuth is going to be a safety blanket for him. And Steelers already got – the fans already got a chant for him, call him Muth to make it short instead of Freemuth. So – uh, he's he's a fan favorite there. So yeah, he's a I, fan favorite for a very uh, very nationwide fan base. Right, and he went to Penn State too. So you have that like people have been following him, and then they can just follow him right to the Steelers because if they're Penn State fans, it's probably a good chance that they also like the Steelers. So mm-hmm. uh, no no brainer. Like like just get it graded. There's already the proof point that one of them sold for seventy dollars. Just you know send those in. So that's what I did with him. Uh, the other one was that Tom Brady, the Madden, uh, EA sports, I think it's 2006. So that came back as a 10 and I sold that already. Let's see. I did a Trey Lance rookie sticker that came back as a nine five. Uh, I'm looking for the quarterback draft class for this year. It's not really exciting and people aren't too excited by it. So I think some more attention is going to come back to Trey Lance, Justin Fields, some of the guys from this draft class. And I also got a sticker of Justin Fields. I got that graded. That was a 9.5. I did a Trey Lance rated rookie. Got that back as a 10. I did the Mac Jones rated rookie. Came back as a 9.5. Really hoping on a 10 for that. But I have that listed right now. Uh, Because after talking to you, Max, I didn't even really think about this. But when the Prism stuff comes out, these rated rookie prices are probably going to drop. So I'll just try to get that out the door as, as quick as I can. And I had the Tom Brady card that I talked about. That was a, a 9-5 for that hollow where he won the Super Bowl. And I got into a little bit of soccer just because these cards were dirt cheap again. They're two or three bucks with shipping and handling that I got. Uh, I honestly really don't know the players, but I just researched them a little bit and saw that they are both – I believe it's Brazil. I feel kind of stupid not knowing that right now, but I think it's the Brazil team – and they're both starters, and I think this was actually Card Collector 2 that I heard this from doing a a, a blog at a show, but he basically said he heard somewhere that there's 3 million football cards, American football cards, graded, uh, which, which, you know, makes sense, but there's only 300,000 soccer cards graded. So there's a huge fan base for soccer. It's growing. A lot of the series of these soccer cards just started. I think it was 2014. I don't know if it was Panini started printing them or what, but soccer cards, just more modern ones, haven't been around for that long. So I think there's just, you know, for for $2 and then to grade it for, you know, 30-some and be all in at like 35 or 36 bucks for these. Uh, I figure why not? They're guys on the, the team that are going to be playing in the World Cup. There's going to be a ton of tension around the World Cup. So one of the guys' name is – and they both have first names, which is interesting. And, again, I don't follow soccer enough. But uh, one of this guy, his name's Gabriel, and the other is Rafi, Rafi Nina. I'm probably saying that wrong. But just bought them. Uh, both came back as 10s. I have them listed. So we'll see how those do. But those just seemed like lottery tickets that were that were worth picking up. So – uh, that, that was kind of my decision process behind all those cards that 
did the research. I was looking ahead to see what players are going to have some more hype and more attention around them. And just kind of looked at some of the previous grades or just kind of saw how many grades there were out there for stuff. And if it was lacking a little bit, like with these soccer cards, I didn't see too many SGC graded things. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go for it and see how it goes. I think that's, uh, I think that's really smart. I actually, I stumbled upon a bunch of soccer retail cello packs up over in Target last year. And I was looking for football or basketball. They were all gone, but I could tell they had just stopped. And I see these soccer solo packs. And uh, I looked them up, and they were reselling for good money. But also, there was a card for Mason Greenwood. I remember his name. And I bought up all the solo packs. And I got home, and I said... I have eight cello packs here. There's got to be a Mason Greenwood in one of these. I ripped open all of them. Not one Mason Greenwood in all of those packs. And I knew nothing about soccer players, but I put them all on sleeves, put them all on top loaders, put them away. And just a couple of weeks ago, I pulled some of them out and started looking at some of them up. I kid you not, one of them I sold for $140 raw. Don't even know who the guy is. I sold one for $30 raw. I sold one for $15 raw. Soccer cards are hot. I, I can tell. <laughs> Just by how they're some of the easiest cards I was able to sell on eBay. Um, I don't know much about the sport, but... Just, just from knowing how to work eBay and 130 point, it's, it's pretty easy to see who's hot, who's, who's uh, up and coming. And uh, if you can capitalize, like you said, there's, there's only a fraction of soccer cards out there graded as there are to football cards. If you can capitalize on that kind of market share and that kind of a low supply with a high demand, I think that's a great opportunity, like you said. Uh, I personally don't know too much about it. I'm excited for you to teach me because I know there's good money in it. And if you can beat everybody else to the party, then that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna make pretty good money in this hobby. Yeah, and you know what I wanted to do with this submission too was so the one person I've been following, like I know a little bit more about is uh, Trinity Rodman. She's actually the daughter of Dennis Rodman. And she was the youngest player drafted to a woman's professional team. And I'm like, man, just like with this story behind her, like I could see her being on the World Cup team. And, and you just know how the media, like Dennis is going to be sitting in the stands and everybody's going to be going nuts for it. And yeah. lo and behold, so I just saw these women's soccer packs when I had ordered singles of her card on eBay. And I was randomly in um, West Virginia. I was in this Walmart. And just saw they had tons of packs just sitting there. And they were like, I don't know, like 10 bucks. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just pick one up. There's only 500 of these Trinity Rodman, like purple ones, I think for Walmart. And then Target has like red ones. And and in that pack is a purple Trinity Rodman. So out of the 500 mm. in the world, like I bought two earlier that week on eBay. And then I just pull it from a pack in there but that's something i'm really looking into a little bit more is just actually the women's player so i was looking into trinity rodman and the company that released her cards i think it's called parkside or something it's not like it's not like tops or anything kind of major 
but her these cards are going for like 10 or 15 bucks now and they released a new set and the the second set that they released has her autograph in it and i'm like okay like you know maybe there'd be like 500 bucks or they're going for like a thousand is the cheapest i saw just her autograph and i'm like man i should just take her card and like you know go she plays for the washington spirit i should just go to one of those games and see if i could get her to sign it rather than you know drop a thousand bucks on on that or see if they have any fan meet and greets but but her um i i actually listened to this podcast about people are already calling her like a goat already and just have back and forth about that uh I, i've been following alex morgan's card prices um uh, uh rapino's prices so yeah i i feel a little more confident and by no i'm not an expert you know what I don't know about soccer fills a book up more than what I know, but I I'm following the women's a little bit more just because those names kind of jump out a little bit more, at least for the USA teams, the men's teams, just yeah, the men's team, the men's USA teams just don't receive as much attention because they haven't won as many things as women. But yeah, man, that's, that's a market I'm just trying to learn more about and, and just kind of doing this as a test run to see how the prices go. But I would have loved to send those Trinity Rodman cards in, but uh, I just they didn't make the cut for me. There's just you know some some whiting here and there, uh, like some dimples on the card, just like some surface stuff. And again, the company that makes those, it wasn't Tops or Panini or a- any kind of major thing. So when you have these kind of, I don't want to call them off brand, but when you kind of have these different companies that aren't the major ones people are familiar with the there's a little more issues with those cards. It seems like the printing quality of them, but that, that was a random kind of, you know, side note on some soccer stuff, but uh, Max, mm-hmm. let's, what, uh, what are you thinking about submitting here? Yeah. So my next submission is going to be the SGC and I have a handful of cards put aside that I've looked over pretty good. Uh, I basically have a box of cards that I am looking to submit but I don't have them separated by what grading company. And that is that is definitely a key factor when you're deciding uh, what cars to submit and where, because of course they each they each um, they each price their grading services differently and their gem mint grades go for different rates in the market. So you have to you have to kind of weigh your pros and cons and and learn how to look over the cards, what what you think they will grade, and really look. You really got to look at them as if you want to fail them. Because if you look at them because you want them to be at PSA ten, you're not going to really spot the flaws. So that's how I look over my cards. But when I'm thinking about submitting to SGC, right? It's not it's not the uh, gold standard of grading like PSA is. So the kind of cards that I'm looking to submit to SGC are not my most high-end cards but they are fairly desirable they if they were to sgc 10 they're going to be worth anywhere from about 150 to i'd say 350 if they were worth any more than that i'd probably send them over to psa and there are some cards i have that are more higher end that I do see at least one flaw, but it has a chance to 10 with SGC, then I will send it to SGC, try to get the SGC 10. But 
I'm probably not going to take the risk of sending a card like that to PSA because if it doesn't come back a 10, it comes back a 9. Not only will it be worth less than an SGC 10, but my my fees into grading will already be way more than they were, would be to send to SGC. So, And on top of that, I'm also looking to send some personal collection cards, some PC cards, because I do enjoy the aesthetic look of the SGC slab. I think it's, it's aesthetically pleasing, and at the same time, I think their graders are credible to where they, if they put a 10 on something, it's something that actually deserves that grade. So I am sending a few PC cards to SGC, and those would include some, some Colts players, a lot of Jonathan Taylor, uh, but I do have some Jonathan Taylor autos that I am going to send over to PSA, but if they're not an auto, I'm sending them over to SGC. Because they are going to be in my PC, and um, I'm not trying to pay top dollar just to be in that PSA slab if I'm going to hold it in my PC, right? But cards I'm looking to flip that I'm sending to SGC, I've got a ton. I've got some CD Lamb Optic Parallels. I have a couple of the blue scopes. Uh, I think that looks really good with the Dallas uniform on the Optic. I have some Chase Claypool optic-rated rookie parallels. Um, I'm not really looking to send any base rookies to SGC unless they are high-quality, say, quarterback, like a Joe Burrow prison base, which I don't happen to have on me. But if I had something like that that I looked over really closely and it looks like it could SGC 10, then I would send it in. But if there was any question if, that it wouldn't 10, I'm not going to spend the money to send it in because the value just in it isn't there. But I am looking to send some Justin Herberts in, some Mosaic uh, Orange Reactive Parallels of his. The only reason I'm not sending them to PSA is, once again, because they have a better chance at PSA 9 than PSA 10. And if I send to SGC, I could either get a 10 or a 9.5, and to me, that just looks better than a PSA 9. So that's why I'm sending to SGC for those. And I have some Jordan Loves that I'm looking to send to SGC because I think he can have a big offseason run-up if there's a trade that happens or if there's just trade rumors even. He can see a run-up. So I have some... Jordan Love cards. I have a optic-rated rookie, black and white, which I think was specific to the hanger packs. And I have a Jordan Love Chronicles uh, Clear Vision, numbered in 99. I think something like that would look pretty good in an SGC 10. So those are the kind of cards I'm sending to SGC. I also have some basketball. I have some John Morant's. Um, John Morant's a hot player in basketball. So a lot of the hot players, a lot of the players that should see an offseason run up for football next year, those are the kind of people I'm looking to send to SGC. I think the turnaround, I mean, you know better because you just got them back, but I think the turnaround is one to two months 
and that's just kind of perfect timing for me to flip some cards in the offseason or preseason hype for next year's football. Yeah, I think right now their turnaround time, they expanded a little bit, but let me see. I pulled up my orders right here. So it says initially 45 to 50 days. So they got it from me on December 5th, and they sent it back out January 11th. So in terms of business days, that was pretty good. They actually got it in before the 45 to 50. So uh, a little little over a month, but that, that was still pretty good timing. And yeah, you know, one of the things I want to bring up is just also looking at the shipping fees for some of this stuff. I don't know how it is, even if people do decide to do with PSA, but the return shipping right now for SGC is $25. So if you are just Mm -hmm. submitting like one or two cards, just think about this for a minute. So if you just submitted one card, let's say you paid $20 for the card. So you're in it for $20. You ship it to the company. I always send everything priority just because I feel like that mail's treated a little better and, and it's just a little bit easier to track sometimes. Like they, you know, they, they scan it more as opposed to if you just do the regular mail, like sometimes they don't necessarily scan it from what I see at the post office. But I always like doing that. But that's like eight bucks. Uh, so that's like 28 bucks there. Then you're spending $25 on shipping. It's, you, that card can add up pretty quickly if you're only doing one or two. And you, you have to add that shipping fee into your total cost. Like when you go around and turn to sell it, like you just can't really forget about that because that costs you some money to do that. So that's something I always just like pointing out, though, is like you got to really have an eye on these shipping fees because they can really uh, add up a little bit for you. Mm, that's a good point. So, yeah, really, really know what kind of expenses and do the math up front because – if you're doing all that work to break even or even take a loss, it's definitely not worth it. Right. And, you know, well, I'm looking at the orders right now, Max. So I said before I did a three card order uh, with Justin Herbert. It's got a 10, a nine and a nine. And I'm looking at the second order that I sent three cards, a 10, a nine and an 8.5. So it's just kind of, I'd love to have your buddy on here and, you know, not like super grill him or anything, but, it's just kind of interesting that I've had two orders where I've sent in three cards and the grades just have this, uh, they're falling after a certain number. It's like 10, nine and a half, nine, and then 10, nine, eight and a half. But I send in 11 cards and they all, you know, they either 10 or they 9.5. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the reason would be be if there was any specific reason about why you would get lower grades on uh sending in lower amount of cards but i'd just be interested to hear somebody's perspective who actually works there just it's just kind of odd with two orders that something like that would happen yeah definitely love to learn more from him i think we can organize that and we can ask we can prepare some questions and learn more about the process better educate ourselves on how we want to submit to sgc because i think they're they're here to stay and there's in a world of a lot of grading companies that are just popping up left and right. I think SGC is a legit one and they're one you can trust and they're one that can help you make good money in this hobby. So I think it'd be pretty cool to have them on and ask them some questions and yeah, we'll see. We can make that happen. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I definitely love to do that. And I'd also love to do an episode. We'll figure it out. But I've submitted to Revolution Card Grading. I've submitted to The Grading Authority, TGA. 
I submitted to hybrid. I did SGC and that was all in the past year just to kind of see like what kind of returns I get, what kind of customer service, how the slabs look. So maybe we could do something about that, just kind of going over the different grading cards and, and I can look, I can pull up my eBay sales, just kind of see what's sold, what hasn't, uh, and just kind of, you know, look at, look at these different companies and, and speculate a little bit who, who's going to be around and who's not. Nice. Yeah. Looking forward to that conversation, man. Um, yeah, we had a good talk today and go follow me at, at lucky.rips on Instagram uh yeah always looking to meet new people in the hobby and i can't wait to do the next show with you man sounds good man yeah and we got a full plate of uh actual shows coming up soon so i'm excited to split some tables with you and then make some money absolutely uh and also i'll be watching all the games this weekend can't wait to talk about all the crazy things that happen next week yeah sounds good all right max it was a good show today and uh we'll catch up soon Sweet, man. Thanks. All right. See Take ya. care.